Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifflers. This is Riffs and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where I go to many 5e books and talk about various rules and enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riffwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riffwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk about Warforged! Nathan, what is a Warforged? You're like, war. That's been forged in war. Yeah. That was painful. That may well be one of the most wrong things you've ever said, which is saying something. Yay. Uh, I'm going to regret this, but care to try again? Sure. A war forged is like Iron Man, but if there were many Iron Men and they all kind of weren't as good as Iron Man. You know what? I'm actually okay with that one. Thank you, Nathan. (sighs) So Warforged are arguably one of the best races mechanically in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. And honestly, in most going back, Warforged are very popular for good reason. Uh, I am curious, Nathan, do you know the source or the origin of Warforged? When a mommy and a daddy Warforged love each other very much. Actually, no. Explicitly not that. <laughs> uh, when a machine uh, is turned on, uh, you, you sit there for a while, think about life. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you question uh, what, what, what it's all for, you know, just to suffer. And then suddenly a Warforged appears out of the machine. It's crazy. <laughs> they're, they're depression incarnate. Uh, uh, well, that was that was something. Thank you. All right, all right. Enough joking around for the moment. In all seriousness, how many times have we actually spoken about Eberron thus far in the various episodes? Quite a, a couple bit. times. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm curious. Do you remember what separates Eberron from other D&D settings? It starts with an E. That's not what separates it, but that it is technically a fact. It does start with the letter E. It's like cool and stuff. I don't What's know. What's cool really? about it? Why do I like Eberron so much? That's a hint. Uh, because this robot monsters. I mean, that is a fact that I appreciate, but that's not Wait, the reason. Wait, there are robot monsters? Yes, yes, there are. Oh. I yeah, no Eberron idea. is nuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Why, Remy? All right. Eberron is generally agreed to be one of the highest magic settings of Dungeons & Dragons. So there is a quote. I may butcher the exact phrasing, but along the lines of, if it exists, if it can exist in D&D, it can exist in Eberron. So even times where you have like, you know, multidimensional, you know, creatures and magic items and all kinds of just the crazy shit that is possible in D&D, you can find it in Eberron. Like it is a lot more magic presence than in a lot of other worlds. So when we talked about uh, trains, for example, the whole lightning rail thing is something from Eberron. And for us here today, Warforged are a creation of Eberron that is simply so popular that they have been expanded on to exist in most D&D worlds nowadays, or most dungeon masters put them into their worlds which is honestly kind of interesting to me to consider that, okay, someone might be playing a Forgotten Realms, but they just might put some Warforged in just because they think Warforged are cool. And they're right. Warforged are awesome. But yeah, Warforged are something from the world of Eberron. So particularly, I'm curious, do you know the name Keith Baker? I've heard of it. Sounds okay. like a generic white guy name. Very cool. I mean, I like you're, it. you're not wrong. Uh, actually got to... he was. Actually, on a panel with uh, Jason of Dungeons and Randomness at DragonCon before uh, on a DMing panel. Uh, if you ever just watch a lot of pictures of conventions and you see just guy with black cowboy hat at a comic book convention of some sort, that's probably Keith Baker. He has a very distinctive look, but he is more than any other individual, the person responsible for Eberron. Eberron is his baby. And because of that fact, I do have to shout him out because I appreciate the thing that this man created. Uh, to the point, even, where unlike most episodes that we have done thus far, I'm actually going to be referencing some non-canonical materials. So Keith Baker actually published an Christ. expanded book, Exploring Eberron, that has a lot more information for 5th edition Eberron than what we have in the published works. So there exists the Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron originally, but then they published the full book, Eberron Rising in the Last War. So this is one of the weird, weirdest, honestly, complications of 5th edition. The Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron was like a hey he, th we're floating the idea here of eberron do you like the idea of this stuff like it's not the length of a full normal full setting book so then they published eberron rising from the last war as the canonical fifth edition eberron book so the wayfinder's guide is technically no longer canon 
which is why there have been some significant rule changes between those two books, particularly for Warforged. And again, because I do appreciate being thorough whenever I have the opportunity to do so, I'd like to go over the mechanics of both the original Warforged and the new canonical official one. So I'm actually going to start with the non-canonical version now. Constitution increases by one, and Warforged have subrace options in the old version that do not exist anymore. So you could pick between a Juggernaut, Skirmisher, and Envoy, depending on the style that you wanted your Warforged to be. And this was something that I appreciated the idea of, because normally when you think Warforged, you'd think a standard robot for all intents and purposes that is, you know, humanoid shape and basically like living plate armor. It's how most people think of a Warforged. But the descriptions and the mechanics of these subraces explicitly imply other potential functionalities. And I appreciate that, which is why I am going to take the time to read through this, because it is worth thinking about. And I want to correct an incredibly common misconception about Warforged. First things first, Nathan, what is a Warforged made of? Uh, uh, love and war. I meant more material-wise. Uh, iron and man. <laughs> That's copyright. Watch yourself. <laughs> no. You iron can't copyright iron of... all man. Those two things are very common in I the world. I would not like to take that to Disney's lawyers to debate. <laughs> no, um, what? What I think you've made out, made out of magic? Materials, like literally, what I, are they I physically made of? Metal? That is one thing. Uh, uh, porcelain? Uh, not that I've seen, but I won't say that's impossible. I mean, like, that would be pretty cool, not gonna lie. That would be pretty cool, you're not wrong. <laughs> you know, like, if you use that for a face mask or something, you know? Then there's, like, the anti-mask effection. <laughs> oh, god damn it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, okay, I'm actually gonna dive straight into exploring Eberron, the expansion book that Keith Baker published because I really appreciate his description here that just a lot of people just don't know, which is a shame. Your body was made in a Kenneth forge hold. The creation forge wove root-like muscles across a frame of metal and dark wood, bathing your body in alchemical fluids, giving you skin of steel or hardened leather. And then the miracle occurred. You came to life. That is awesome. Whoa, that's kind of cool, man. <laughs> uh, that would be a fun thing to just read while high, actually. Just, whoa. Whoa. <sighs> well, I know what I'm doing later. Right, <laughs> I said later, not when we're recording. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, it's not an influence on my free time, Dad. Uh, I'm not your dad, Remy. You're all that, oh, Remy. Actually, Dad is going to be starting to listen to this. I shouldn't say such jokes anymore. Aha, uh -huh, you fool. Um, <laughs> so, but seriously, uh, yeah. Warforged people always assume to just be living armor. 
which is a thing that does exist in D&D. There's actually a few different animated armors that do exist. But Warforged are more than that. They are a blending of these materials and magic to create actual life. And this is something that I feel is what makes Warforged the most interesting race to me personally. Like I will fully admit now, I am biased towards Warforged completely. The very first Dungeons & Dragons character I ever made was in 4th edition, a level 8 Warforged sword mage. Ah, good times. But the whole idea, Warforged literally are made for war. In the world of Eberron, of Eberron, a decision was made to make throwaway soldiers, basically, to take to the field so people don't have to. You know, very similar argument, actually, to what was used uh, in Star Wars for the clones, well, android armies, honestly. But anyway, tangent. The idea, though, that they were made to be this just fighting force. However, depending on how you want to interpret the history, like you can choose whether Warforged were just made sentient, made and then grew into life. How Warforged work in your world is 100% up to you as a dungeon master. So before I just go off on my usual rants, uh, actually, Nathan, I'm curious. So can you think of ways that Warforged can exist in other worlds? Warforged. I mean, uh, if I were to add Warforged into Riftwick, it's it's the easiest thing. <laughs> Just uh, be like, oh, shards, yes, shards, yes, um, yeah, there, there you go. However, there is a question regarding all Warforged that is another part of what I so love about Are they them. living? Or are they just robots, well, man? It can generally, well, no, because magic is able to create some forms of life. Like, there are like th spells like Magic Mouth, even, that are very simple magically that can react and even speak like so that is something actually very easy magically speaking not to mention you know you have animated objects and all kinds of such things showing that magic can do similar things so the question the question that i feel must be asked around warforged is well actually one question and then a follow-up do they have a soul if they do where does it come from those two questions give Warforged very, very interesting potential stories for me, again, my admittedly biased opinion. Because again, the first part of that question, do they have a soul at all? Both answers to that are interesting. Because again, magic can create sentience in lots of different ways. Like this is a known fact of D&D magic. So how would you feel if you are a being that is able to think and feel emotions? Because Warforged are explicitly able to think and feel both. But how would you feel to wonder, and again, depending on the world, potentially find out for certain that you do not have a soul? To know for sure in a world where resurrection is possible that yes, your body can be repaired and resurrection spells will work on you, 
or they may not, again, depending on the world in question. But the idea of when I am, you know, fully decommissioned, that is it. There is no afterlife for me. My compatriots will, you know, sing through the halls of Valhalla, but I will simply cease to be forever. All I wish for is um, eternal emptiness and nothingness. Such is my wish. Okay, but the thing is, most people aren't inhuman monsters like Nathan. (laughs) So that's the kind of thing that gets a person to think. Like, let's say that you were playing a Warforged character that has those kinds of thoughts, and let's say that they do find out that, yes, in the world in question, they do not have souls, so they only have, you know, the one chance to live. Like, what does that do to a person who is able to realize or find out such a thing? Do they decide to make the most of life? Do they become just more nihilistic and just might act a little more sarcastic and cruel in, you know, the talky bits of D&D? Do they decide, wait, I am an unaging creature because I am a magical being. So do you then have a situation where you might even have, you know, a Warforge that tries exploring some of the paths of immortality? Because again, like, do they have enough of a spirit to become a lich? Would that even be possible? What other methods of immortality might they search for and find or create in this pursuit of the avoidance of death? A warforged seeking that kind of path could make a real interesting antagonist and not something that I normally see before. And yet, like to me at least, that seems rather obvious is what would such a being consider? But then, of course, you have the opposite version. Okay, you do have a soul. Well, that's neat. Did magic, does magic have the ability to create a soul or does the soul come from somewhere? And again, both sides of that have interesting answers. So let's say that magic creates a soul. Nathan, would that have any implications to you about just magic and the world? Uh, yes. If magic creates souls, then um, that'd be pretty cool. Yes, Nathan. Yes, it would. Thank you for your stunning insight. A more serious, on a more serious note, um, the reason why it would be pretty cool is because um, if magic can create souls, uh, you can uh, do a lot of really cool shit. Like, um, it makes sense to have a lot more talking magical weapons. Uh, you can have uh, su- pseudo computers with uh, slave. Uh, souls as the controllers and then you can even make it ethical because you can just modify it so that they can only do that one thing so technically it's not slavery right right okay so i'm amazed you didn't immediately take the opposite take i'll be honest what (laughs) i'm amazed you didn't go straight into slavery hey 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 remy i'm a respectable person i bullshit i don't i i don't participate in the slave guy thing that's because you don't no. participate in anything we're involving people you're not wrong i'm sad <laughs> but honestly though i do agree with your point though that okay if magic can create souls then yeah sentient magic items are something that would 
either mean more or less. Again, both of which are interesting. Like, could you imagine just the existential horror of being a sentient magic sword where, let's just say, a TPK happened 200 years ago and this sentient sword is just there, just on the ground, held in the hand of their former wielder. That that, that sounds like a fucking comic book where it's like, guys? And then just, just like a troll sitting there. Uh, I got me can't eat you and then uh guys there's a troll here I I want to stab it but I I can't move help troll <laughs> troll you can pick me up get me out of here I've been here so long <laughs> it's like troll no like pointy magic stick troll walk what? away no, bye bye no, I, I will make your food warm for you Troll not eat one food! Please! One food Don't is decadent! Troll live the life without earthly pleasures! Troll will find holy why, afterlife! Why do I have to find the only troll philosopher? <laughs> but that would be amazing. <laughs> but the point being, like, that kind of shit would happen all the time! Like, if you have more sentient items that would just get lost to time, that is horrifying to consider. But anyway, that's a bit of a tangent, but a fun mental exercise. But in regards to something like, you know, magic items like that and Warforged themselves, what rights do they have or not have in the world and even in the various cities that exist in the world? Like, is there one, you know, city that is like, the magic place where they're real, 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 real good at magic. So they're the ones who, you know, make all the stuff, made the Warforge. So like in that city, then like, again, multiple ways that you can do it. Like, do you make the choice of, OK, like this place, you know, Warforged are considered to be property and, you know, are the, you know, American way are the property of the ones who made them or is it a thing where do they like grow into sentience over hey, some wait. amount of time I got and, a question. Like, is there something like the turing test to like prove when a warforged goes like sapient hmm? like um i don't see the issue with only your very own warforged if you if you advertise it correctly you know oh dear and what is advertising <laughs> it correctly um this is the roomba it can Kill your enemies, clean your dishes, and write poetry. <laughs> Get yours now, today. Yeah, that and... sounds a lot like a slave. No, 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 it's not a slave. It's a, it, it really it's a household like appliance. It, it, it kind of checks all the boxes. <laughs> all of them. Satisfy your lustful needs. <laughs> I mean, they're mostly wood and metal. I mean, I'm sure someone could figure out something. <laughs> Dryads need to come into existence somehow. <laughs> we, we can figure this out. We can make it better. Science! Mm. <laughs> uh. Oh man, I just had the very scary... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
thought of just you ever working for Aperture Laboratories. I, I think I, I was the guy who caused the accident. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Portal. <laughs> Great games. It's like, um, I'm, I'm the guy who fucks up <laughs> and it causes the, it causes the, the, the apocalypse to happen. Yeah. That, yeah, okay, I could give you that. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> but, yeah. Okay, so, again, thinking about how the world interacts with Warforged, just from the world-building perspective. Do they have the right, like, do they exist as property? Are they people? Is there a transition process? And is that the kind of thing where, like, the Warforged has to prove that, hey, I'm sapient now? But again, like, that's part of what makes Warforged so fun, though, is the fact that... They're not people. That's, that's a good part, right? Well, depending on the world in question, that may or may not be true. Because again, That's Remy's opinion. if you're playing in a world that isn't Eberron, you could absolutely homebrew it that, okay, yeah, like there are maybe a handful of Warforged in the world that might have just, you know, been made by some, you know, crazy, you know, magic hermit person. Like maybe it was like they, he just created them <laughs> right. to just magic like be his helpers. person is the best best name for correct <laughs> can uh, you imagine magic hermit person has arrived we have to deal with him bring out the big guns you know we're in for a big fight <laughs> right but anyway coming to cinemas anyway stop it god damn it so again do they have rights do they have different rights in different places? So that's something that, again, I always try to encourage Dungeon Masters to think about more. Not just what are like the laws of your world, but are they different in different places? Especially in a magic world, there's gonna be some weird shit that happens. Like, Warforged absolutely do just kind of toe that line into, like, are they people or not? And that's the kind of thing that, like, even in a magical world, like, they are an unusual being. So it is absolutely worth that consideration for Dungeon Masters to think, like, do you have Warforged in your world at all? And how common are they? Do they have souls? Do they know <laughs> the answer to that question? So it's good for you to have an answer and for them to perhaps not. That can be a fun way to make use of them. Anyway. Uh, that was a long tangent on uh, some of the lore of Warforged that uh, I wasn't actually really planning on at the time. So let me hop back to the actual mechanics involved, uh, particularly, again, of the Wayfinder's Guide version of the Warforged. So, again, this version has three sub-races, but the abilities that all of this type of Warforged have, Conscore Increase of 1, Age, I normally just skip over, but this is interesting. A typical Warforged is between 2 and 30 years old. The maximum lifespan of the Warforged remains a mystery. So far, Warforged have shown no signs of deterioration due to age. That's fucking awesome. So first things first, that establishes that the world has had shit going down from 30 years ago to 2 years ago. And that there's big recent events, whether that's true in your world may vary. But the idea of the maximum lifespan being unknown, that a Warforged might be biologically immortal, they might have an elf-like or a dwarf-like or a human-like lifespan, 
but that at this point in time, they just haven't existed long enough to know. That's fucking cool. Uh, anyway, uh, base walking speed of 30 feet. Warforged resilience. Advantage on saving throws against being poisoned and resistance to poison damage. Nifty, same as a dwarf has. You're immune to disease. That's real good, too. You don't need to eat, drink, or breathe. Oh, well, shit. That's a powerful thing. That's pretty cool. You don't need to sleep and don't suffer the effects of exhaustion due to lack of rest. And magic can't put you to sleep. Uh, okay, Remy, can, can I can I hurry up and like uh, sell my soul? I, I want I, I, and get like a cool poppin' metal body and not need to sleep. You know, <laughs> well about that. Practically immortal, right? Centuries rest. When you take a long rest, you must spend at least six hours in an inactive, motionless state rather than sleeping. In this state, you appear inert. But it doesn't render you unconscious, and you can see and hear as normal. So you do have to spend six okay, hours a day mind. in this is horrible. On the other hand, either just put on three movies to watch, binge a TV show. No. Except in a fantasy no. world, not as useful. <laughs> no. Remy, I'm not going to watch TV shows, Remy. Uh, I've got some anime I want to catch up on. All right. Integrated protection. Your body has built-in defensive layers, which determine your armor class. You gain no benefit from wearing armor, but if you're using a shield, you apply its bonus as normal. You can alter your body to enter different defensive modes. Each time you finish a long rest, choose one mode to adopt from the table, providing you meet the prerequisite. So prerequisites, of course, being for the you know weaker armor, no prerequisite. Uh, for the middle one, you need to have medium armor proficiency, and for the heavy one, you need heavy armor proficiency. That makes sense. They do have some cool naming too. So the uh, the least armored is a dark wood core. So you're basically just a Groot, a tree person. You are wood. I am Groot. <laughs> and now I'm just imagining that coming from the six and a half foot tall adult version. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> it's just like it, it makes that 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 like cutesy voice, and then it's just like this fuck off, <laughs> like more machine like 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 a dangerous war machine just standing there. That would be cool. All right. Anyway, uh, so the integrated protections are the dark wood core, composite plating, and then heavy plating. And the way that they did the math on this was actually also rather interesting. So just for the Darkwood, it's 11 plus your dexterity modifier and add proficiency bonus if proficient with light armor. Do you understand that implication? No, not at all. The more you level up, the higher your AC gets without you having to buy anything new. Wow, that's like good. That's really, really good. So spoiler alert. Again, this was too powerful, which is why they removed it completely from the final version. But it is a fascinating mechanic, and so still very much worth time to know existed. But again, you know, your choice as Dungeon Master, you can still use these rules. You can still find the Warforged subraces on D&D Beyond and elsewhere. So it's not like it's completely erased from history. Anyway, uh, so that was the Darkwood. The composite, the medium armor, 13 plus 
your dex up to two plus your proficiency bonus. So again, so it's following the medium armor rules of using your dex mod up to two, but then also still adding your proficiency. And then for the heavy armor, 16 plus your proficiency bonus and disadvantage on stealth checks. So again, what you'd expect for heavy armor. But this is amazing for any character, whether you are like the nimble sort, like a rogue, whether you are, you know, a fighter, that is a crazy powerful ability that, that you do get to add your proficiency bonus to your armor class. <sighs> so yeah, so 11 plus dex plus proficiency. So let's say that you have something like a 12th level rogue with a 20 dexterity score. So Nathan, what would a 12th level rogue's proficiency bonus be? Uh, <laughs> four. <laughs> Is that your final yeah. answer? Yeah. You're actually correct. Like, ha! I, 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 I'm, I, I'm a little afraid that you got a numbers question right. But anyway, joking aside though, so this rogue would have 11 plus dex, and with 20 dex, that would be 5, so 16, plus that for proficiency, that would be 20 AC for such a rogue. That is insane. So yeah, 12th level is relatively high in 5th edition, but again, this is with no magic items, nothing to boost their AC, no like shield proficiency through a feat or some such, or multi-classing, just... By being a Warforged, that rogue would have a 20 AC, which is also kind of funny if you consider, hey, wait a minute, a fighter who is 12th level would also have that plus four proficiency. So they would have 16 plus four. Hey, wait a minute. They would also have a 20 AC. Huh. So yeah, whether you're wearing heavy armor or light armor, they both have a 20 AC with that very particular instance. But, ugh, it's so powerful an ability. So anyway, uh, moving on to the actual subclasses themselves. Uh, let's just keep it simple, go alphabetical. The Envoy first. So they are the versatile one. So in addition to the plus one to Constitution, they also get two different ability scores of your choice, each increased by one. Nifty. So that vers versatility kind of like uh, half-elves have. And actually, also kind of similar to that, specialized design. You gain one skill proficiency of your choice, one tool proficiency of your choice, and fluency in one language of your choice. Integrated tool. Choose one tool you're proficient with. Such a tool. This tool is integrated into your body, and you double your proficiency bonus for any ability checks you make with it. You must have your hands free to use this integrated tool. So, yeah... If you consider having a rogue envoy warforged, that's amazing because you could use that integrated tool with your thieves tools to A, have them integrated to you, which is very helpful for a rogue, and B, this feature gives you expertise with the tool, which would allow the rogue to use their expertise for something besides their thieves tools. So that is a fantastic conversation, or combination rather, <laughs> conversation. Anyway. Uh, actually, the integrated tool also reminds me, one of the amazing things about Warforged also is the ability that Warforged have to integrate things into themselves. So if you were to just Google image Warforged, a lot of the pictures you will see have them just have a 
fucking massive sword as their arm. And that is a thing that you can do with Warforge, is this ability that they have to change their body because of the fact that they aren't a natural biological being. So if you want to have a Warforged with a giant axe for an arm, you can do that. If you want to have a tool integrated into the Warforged body, you can do that. And there's actually a number of specific magic items that exist only for Warforged to make them more effective creatures just for you know, whatever use you're trying to design them towards. They are massively flexible, which is just a small part of why they are so interesting and, well, useful. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on to the Juggernaut. Ah, uh, great sentence here. You're an imposing war machine built for close combat and raw might. Ah, good line. Anyway, so again, they get the plus one con increase and also... Strength increases by two. Iron fists. When you hit with an unarmed strike, you can deal a d4 plus your strength modifier bludgeoning damage instead of the normal damage for an unarmed strike. Powerful build. Count as one size larger when determining your carrying capacity and the weight you can push, drag, or lift. So, hey, wait a minute. So, Warforged, count as a size larger and don't really get tired from exhaustion. So you can just have a Warforge pull a cart instead of a horse, if you have a Juggernaut, that is. Sounds good. This is so. exactly what I wanted. <laughs> uh, sneak peek for Petrum. All right, and then we have the Skirmisher. So they have a walking speed increase of 5 feet, which makes them as fast as an elf, 35 feet. Light step. When you're traveling alone for an extended period of time, one hour or more, you can move stealthily at a normal pace, and your dexterity score increases by two. So yeah, scout, sneaky, exactly what you'd expect for the skirmisher. So, unfortunately, everything that I just read, mechanically speaking, is not actually canon anymore. So now let's move on to the official version of the Warforge. And again, I reiterate, there might very well be reasons for a dungeon master to choose to use one, the other, or both types of Warforge. And think about it, because they're cool, and that could actually be rather interesting. Anyway, uh, the Warforge traits, con score increases by two, and one other ability score of your choice increases by one. So also, there are no subraces for this version of Warforge now. So all the abilities just are what they are. So that is still pretty good. So they changed the con from one to two, and just let you pick one other to increase by one. So still very versatile in that you can choose, okay, I'll put the extra point in strength if I want a fighter Warforge. I can put it in dex for a rogue or a ranger. Uh, you can put it in intelligence if you want to have a wizard Warforge. Because that is another of the really cool things about Warforge. They are capable of magic. There is nothing that stops them from being able to cast magic Unless, of course, you make rules that say such, but by rules as written, they're good. Um, age, alignment, size, yada, 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 don't really care about that stuff. Okay, here we go. Uh, constructed resilience. So this is actually mostly the same. You have advantage on saving throws against being poisoned and resistance to poison damage. Don't need to eat, drink, or breathe. Immune to disease. Don't need to sleep, and magic can't put you to sleep. You notice any differences between the two? Nope. And you shouldn't. That's the same. 
Sentries rest. When you take a long rest, you must spend at least six hours in an inactive motionless state rather than sleeping, appear inert, but doesn't render you unconscious, and you can see in here as normal. This is also the same. Integrated protection. This is where things changed. Instead of the different varieties and all that stuff, it is simply you gain a plus one bonus to armor class. Uh, you can only don you can yeah you can don only armor with which you have proficiency. That is not how I would have written that sentence. Uh, to don armor, you must incorporate it into your body over the course of one hour, during which you remain in contact with the armor. To doff armor, you spend an hour removing it. You can rest while donning and doffing armor in this way. While you live, your armor can't be removed from your body against your will. Now, this is another moment where I'm going to flip back to the Keith Baker perspective of things, because he wrote an article about Warforged a while back, and also, of course, I did read through Exploring Eberron a lot, so I don't actually remember whether it was the article or in the book where he wrote this, but he made mention of the fact that just the way he saw a Warforged integrated protection is that for all intents and purposes, their armor is their skin. So yeah, while a Warforged can, you know, remove and put armor back on and change what they have, that he sees it as them literally changing their skin with all that that implies. And I think that that's really fucking cool. The fact that you literally do have Warforged, like, you can choose to take the kind of body horror angle of them ripping their own skin off whenever they have to take off their armor. Like, so if you think about having a Warforged culture, like, to know that a Warforged might have that feeling about how that is done and might get, like, just completely grossed out and mortified whenever the people they're traveling with take off their armor because that is the Warforged equivalent of, like, getting flayed. And again, Warforged are not human. And thinking about the ways that they are different is just cool. It's what racism is built upon, and we need more of that. Anyways, uh, then they also have specialized design, where they have one skill proficiency and one tool proficiency of your choice. And then languages, common, and one other language of your choice. So much less options, and integrated protection is now just a flat plus one bonus to AC. Which, to be fair, still useful, but not nearly as overpowered as the original version, for better and for worse. So, with all that being said, I'm curious, Nathan. Like, how do you feel that that final version of Warforge I just read off compares to other D&D races. Pretty cool. I like it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, just the fact that they don't need to sleep, eat, drink, breathe, immune to disease. <sighs> Put my brain in a Warforged, please. That would make me very happy. Ever. I would like to not have disease and to not need to eat, drink, or breathe anymore. That, that would be swell I would for like me. to not have to breathe anymore. Well, I mean, you don't have to breathe necessarily do, speaking. <laughs> you can just. I would stop. like to not need to breathe and still live. And that last parenthetical is rather important to me. Anyway, I am curious, Nathan. What is your opinion on just using Warforged for your own world? 
personally speaking. Nothing yeah. against it, but I would like to use it for a, a specific location that's themed around such a thing, or a world event that uh, delves deep into it. Alright, so just out of curiosity, what would be your thought if one of your players said, I would like to play a Warforged? I mean, uh, depending on the pitch, but likely I'd say yes and figure out like basically have them be an early prototype and then have that tie into a future plot line where Warforge become a major thing. And there you have it, folks. Even Nathan is willing to just go along with things for the sake of a Warforge because they're cool and they do have potentially interesting stories to tell. And regardless of whether you use the old version of Warforge, the canonical version of Warforge, hell, a homebrew version of Warforge, Keith Baker really did come up with a very interesting creature, and the fact that there are so many mechanical benefits and interesting stories to tell make me highly recommend making use of Warforged in your own worlds. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.